Cryptids are seemingly being seen all over the world. It doesn't matter if you're deep in the woods, the mountains, or any other outdoor space. You can be right there smack dab in the middle of a township, a city, or even a rural town, and see something resembling a Bigfoot, a Dogman, or anything else in between. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, these stories were sent in by viewers just like you. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new as it helps us out a ton, and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounters. The Creature from the Ritual by Braxton P. Hi Swamp Dweller. It's been about a month since I last sent in a story about some unusual experiences I've been having. Recently, I've been having crazier things happen on my property. I live in one of the most secluded areas in Georgia. It's nice and private, settling on a few thousand acres with about a 250-acre lake and no neighbors except the local wildlife. It's been family-owned since 1810, as houses have been built and rebuilt. I have had to do further research to discover why these experiences are happening to me and my family. It always appears safe during the daytime, but becomes incredibly different when night comes. During my research, I discovered this property was once a hideout for a local Cherokee tribe. Occasionally, I hear knocking on wood, knocking on the house, possible rocks being thrown below the windows, and so on. My last experience was just last night when the sun was almost out of sight. Coyotes just started becoming more active. I hear them howling and the birds are always whistling. It came to a point when all the animals suddenly went quiet, and the only thing I heard was footsteps crunching on leaves. There are no bears in this area of Georgia, but whatever it was, it was huge, and our giant animal is usually a deer. This is central Georgia, not too far south of Lake Sinclair. We don't really have alligators either. I could scratch off every possible animal because those footsteps were massive. You would know it was much louder than any known animal if you heard them, like an elephant walking through. The footsteps finally stopped about 30 yards into the thick woods. The next thing I hear is what sounded like some kind of gibberish ritual, but it wasn't quite in words. I had never heard anything like this before. Even my wife heard it and we were both on the upper back porch. We liked to sit down and enjoy the sun setting to the west side of the lake, but it was already completely dark when we heard this thing speaking in what I can only assume was tongues. I tried using a battery-powered spotlight to see where this thing was, but with no success, as it kept saying something over and over. The next thing I know, something was thrown towards us, landing on the porch. It was about two to three pounds. It was a rock, and it was pretty big. I picked it up carefully and placed it on a small sandwich bag. It might have been... It might have had some sort of fingerprint evidence, I don't know. 
I turned it over to professionals to get a good look at it, but I don't think anything really ever came of it. I know it might sound weird to do that, but I need to find out what's going on here and what this creature is. Earlier this morning, I began searching for professionals and only found something called cryptozoologist. Since no other known studies are based on this experience, I never told my daughters or my family about this because they wouldn't understand. My daughters are only five years old, and I don't want them to be traumatized by this. When cryptozoology appeared on my computer, it talked about the legendary Bigfoot, their biggest passion, and a few others known as cryptids. I'm hoping to go into the woods with my wife tomorrow to see if I can find any fingerprints, and I would love to share some pics with you if we can get anything on camera. The Weirdest Halloween Ever by Pample Moose Here in England, we don't do Halloween like you do in the United States. At least we don't in Bolton, a sub-district of Manchester. A few children dressed in bin bag capes with witches hats on or a skeleton mask will knock on your door, holding up little pumpkin buckets out for sweets and some neighbors will put out some sort of paper gravestones in their windows. You know, they, they go a little bit with it, but that's about it. Last October 31st, 2022, however, the weirdest thing happened at our home. Our family were all sitting at the front of the TV watching the Exorcist movie when a hammer was at the back door. We all stopped and looked at it, and then looked at each other. To knock at the back door, you would have had to got through a wrought iron side gate which is always firmly locked. The knocking continued, getting louder and more urgent. My grandson, who was 15, got up and went to the kitchen window to investigate. I heard a stifled gasp and went to join him to see what was happening. Despite being a teenager, he is 6 feet tall and does boxing training, so he's no real little weakling. I joined him at the window and asked what was the matter. Face pale and confused, he said a massive bird-like creature had crawled along the lawn and crept into the corner of the garden near the back fencing. He was visibly shaken. The car park to a country park nature trail is at the back of our fence, so I immediately thought some local kids were having a Halloween joke and jumped the wall. Despite it being eight feet high, I thought maybe they were just pranking us. I told my grandson to tell the rest of the family what we had seen, and I told him I would check it out. He panicked, and I heard him shout to the rest of them still watching TV, he was shaken up at the crawling creature he had thought he had seen, truly. I grabbed a torch and went out into the garden. We have a lot of mature trees, shrubs, and bushes, and at the corner of the garden, I heard a rustling. I pointed the torch toward the noise and walked towards it. There, with its back against the fence, was a bird-like creature about the size of a small child. It was perched on a grassy mound with eagle-like talons for feet, a smooth body, outstretched wings, and a pointy face that resembled a giant rat. I was confused and walked towards it while it looked at me, with its head downwards but eyes looking up at me. It spread its wings and they fluttered like a bird when it was ready to take off. Then there was a prolonged hissing sound. I stopped and looked behind me for backup. I saw a few family members coming out into the garden. The thing gave one last hiss, rose into the air, looking more like a gargoyle than a bird at this point, 
and disappeared over the fence. It made some of the shrubs waver as it went. My grandson and I described what we had seen, but the rest of them laughed and said it was just our imagination. They admitted to seeing the shrub swaying, but they put it down to a giant kestrel or something. They didn't believe a word of it. To this day, I do not go into the back garden after dark. That was not a local kid enjoying a Halloween prank, nor was it a visiting kestrel. It looked like a church gargoyle. It's never been back, and I don't want it to return. So this year, if there's a knocking at our back door, my husband or son can investigate this time. I prefer lavender and lilac in my garden over cryptic creatures. Visions of Death by Sam This story takes place when I was 16 years old. I had just been dropped off at school and I was going to the cafeteria. I went to sit with my best friend, Jack. When I looked at Jack, I saw this creature that resembled a person but was covered in darkness. It had no face or discernible features. He was standing right behind him with his hands on his shoulder. Not forcefully, but just like resting. Its head then turned to me and followed me as I approached him. He asked me why I looked so spooked. I told him nothing because he didn't believe in the paranormal. He was a firm Christian, so anything I would have said, he would have just called me crazy. We went throughout the day and every time I saw him, it was right there with his hands on his shoulder. When I got home, I asked my mom what it could be or if my great-grandma might know. My mom told me she calls them reapers. They're not necessarily malicious or anything, they just comfort those who are going to die. I broke into tears after hearing this and ran to my room. I ended up passing out, and while I was asleep, I had a dream of my friend's point of view. He was in our friend Todd's vehicle, and he looked like he was listening to a speaker in the back seat, not buckled in. Todd crashed into a tree, Jack went through the windshield and snapped his neck, and then I woke up screaming. My mom and sister came in to see if I was okay. I said I was fine, and I just had a bad dream nothing to worry about. The next day was a Friday and the Reaper followed Jack. I told Jack about my dream thinking maybe I could warn him about what would happen, but I thought he would just call me crazy. The Reaper looked at me and shook its head. I wonder why it did this. Maybe it was telling me that I couldn't or shouldn't interfere. I ignored that it was there for the rest of the day and went about my business until around 5 p.m. My friend called me and asked if I wanted to go to a party. I said, yeah, just come get me, and we'll go. He told me he had a ride, and Todd would be there. I screamed at him, no, don't get in Todd's truck. He told me to chill. He said he was on the way and hung up. So I went on my way to the front porch for him, hoping that my dream wouldn't be real. But after an hour of waiting, my mom got a call and told me what I hoped not to hear. He had died to basically the exact same play-by-play -play I saw in my dream. I turned around and the Reaper was standing in front of me. It put a hand on my shoulder. I screamed at it to leave me alone, and it just disappeared just as it appeared. I don't know what happened. My dream came true, and it's something I'll always scratch my head about. I don't know what that creature was, if it really was a Reaper, quote-unquote, or some sort of, like afterlife messenger, I don't know, but I don't want to find out.
Good evening, and thank you for sharing my story. This encounter still troubles me to this day. It was the summer of 2011. I recently had turned 12, and my family thought it would be a great summer for a cabin trip. Normally, I would have been attending some sort of Boy Scout camp. Since we are from Florida, we drove north to South Carolina with my grandparents coming down from Canada to meet us. The cabin itself was beautiful, with a great view of the lake and its own beachhead. When we first arrived, I was first out of the car and running around in excitement. I was greeted by a man looking to be in his late 50s, the cabin owner. He smiled at me with happiness, which slowly grew into a nervous grin. Finding it quite odd and being a shy kid, I moved along. As I searched around the area being curious and wanting to see everything, I noticed almost a circular pit under the house. It was off-putting, but it didn't seem to bother me. Finally, I noticed a treehouse that the owner was building on the beach. As I ran to it, he yelled out, Watch yourself, son. It's still dangerous. I steamed onwards and climbed up the ladder. The man was correct as the top there were so many nails poking out all around, but since I was small, I found a place to stand and gaze back at the cabin. The wood cabin seems old but sturdy with a big porch and outside storage underneath where once again I stared at the circular pit which now had my full attention. It was nothing that I've ever seen before and I don't think I've seen something like it since. I love the woods and would like to say I am experienced but it almost looked like a big spinning ball was dipped into the earth. I pointed it out to my father and the owner who was talking. The owner responded with, There used to be a bear that nested there, but don't worry, he's long gone. I didn't like his answer, because it seemed strange for how it looked. I brushed it off and went into the cabin, picking up one of the bunk beds before my siblings could. The first few nights were amazing. Lots of hiking and swimming and everyday things that you would do because we knew when our grandparents arrived we would be hanging out most of the time. When they did arrive we sat by the fire at night and enjoyed animal watching. It's important to note the area's geography at this point. The front of the cabin faced a wide strip of dirt leading to the beach with thick trees on either side. To the left of the cabin was the dirt road we used to get to it. Behind and on the left of the cabin were thick, dense woods with a steep slope. Now, it was the seventh night that we were there. I was awoken up by weird sounds outside. Dirt shifting under weight to the left side of the cabin. The trash bins were there next to the door from the kitchen. I heard something pushing them around. Thinking it was most likely raccoons or some sort of interested animal, I should do my Boy Scout duty and shoot them off. I dropped down from my bunk and the noises went silent. I noticed a few rays of sunlight were streaking through the air. I walked over to the kitchen to look out the window, but before I could reach it, suddenly, these long, scratching noises were coming out from against the walls of the cabin. It sounded like long nails, digging deep into the sheets of a bed. Terrified at this point, I slowly back away. Then a bang shook the door and I jumped. Since it was only me, my brother, and my dog who were downstairs, we were the only ones who heard it. Instantly, my dog sprinted to the door barking and growling viciously like he was about to fight to the death. This woke up my brother who panicked and grabbed me and pulled out his hunting knife. He looked down at me with reassurance and told me to get to my parents' room. 
He then pushed me upwards towards the stairs and ran to the door and opened it. He then went away with my dog, the barks and running getting distance as I ran upstairs, and I woke up my father. He ran out into the forest with his Colt 45. About 30 minutes later, they both came back, including my dog who was limping. I've never seen my brother with the look he had on his face before that day, and he never had that look ever again. He's typically a very brave and capable older brother, and seeing him like that unnerved me to my bone. He was an Eagle Scout, and I was a Boy Scout. We had been in the woods, and we weren't really scared to get dirty. My dog had a stick through his front left leg, but he's a good strong boy and took it like a champ. My mother and grandmother quickly drove our animal over to the local vet. While they were gone, my father, grandfather, and oldest second brother and I looked around the cabin for evidence of this strange event. I was still incredibly nervous, so I kept close to the cabin and my father. The trash bins had gashed holes in them, almost like they had been punched open, and the wall above had deep claw marks in it, which standing from the level of the trash bins was about six feet into the air. That's when I noticed a smell. An odd smell that wasn't coming from the trash cans. I slowly crouched down between peering underneath the cabin and where the strange pit was. There was a dead fox, shredded into literal pieces. I told my father, and him and my brother quickly cleaned it up by using a shovel and tossing it into a bag and then into the trash. My dad contacted the owner who assured us that there was nothing to be worried about, but brought us a flare gun and bear mace. A couple of days go by and my parents take everyone to a restaurant aside from myself, my oldest brother who chased the perpetrator, and my injured but stable dog. An hour after they left, I looked out the second floor window in the direction where my brother ran a few nights prior. I was petting my dog at the same time. That's when the main encounter took place. My dog raised his head alert and sniffed the air. I glanced out the window and noticed this huge bear-like creature high up in one of the trees. It was smashing my level and was staring at me. I say bear-like because it had human-like features. Instead of the fat, round body bears usually have, their body was toned, sharp, and muscular. The eyes were the worst part. They were piercing. They were yellow, almost like perfect human eyes that locked eye contact with me. Fear flooded my brain and forced me into a fight-or-flight mindset. My dog, picking up on this, started growling and howling at the window. I turned to run into the room and looked back at the creature who was now rapidly descending the tree, using its clawed hand to climb. I sprinted to my brother's room in tears, yelling about this beast that I just saw. My brother looked at me with worried eyes and said, This territory doesn't belong to us. Then he got out of his bed, grabbed his knife and baseball bat, and walked downstairs. I armed myself with a flare gun and bear mace and prepared myself for the possibility of this thing breaking in and attacking us. A great slam into the back of the wall knocked the cabin around and made it rock like a boat and sent my dog into a frenzy. Between the growls and barks, I could hear heavy breathing from outside and things being thrown at the cabin. A rock broke one of the front windows and striking my left leg. I turned and fired the flare gun out of the window, which was followed by many profanities and yelling. After this, it all stopped. My dog was still growling and pointing at the corner of the room. There was no window facing that direction, so I couldn't see, but I could assume it was right there. 
A few minutes of silence went by when my brother and I decided to call the police and our parents. Then, being idiots, we walked out of the front door and slowly walked around to the right side of the cabin. We started to hear a slow snarl coming from behind a bush, and my dog inside started going ballistic and jumping at the door. My brother started yelling at this creature and threw his baseball bat towards the bush, striking it. It sounded like it hit a tree, but we both know that we hit the creature because it let out a pained grunt. The black furry mass sprung out from behind the bush and bolted down the dirt road and we quickly lost sight of it. We hurried back inside the cabin, barricaded the doors and ran upstairs. We heard gunshots ring out moments later and my father's truck pulls in. I fly downstairs and open the door. The rest of my family ran inside and my father claimed a huge bear ran down the road and he fired a couple of rounds at it. The police eventually came after having a hard time finding the cabin. We gave them the story about this aggressive bear attacking the cabin. We left that night and my family likes to recall the story of how myself and my oldest brother fended off a hungry bear. But for me and my brother, that was not the case. When we arrived back in Florida, I went straight to my room still shaken up by what happened. When my brother came in, he looked me dead in the eyes and said, It looked human, didn't it? I just nodded and asked him about his territory remark when he looked down and responded, every animal has its territory and usually can keep it until something bigger comes along and takes it. Well, something bigger came and it took its own territory. What he said still makes me wonder to this day. It's burned into my mind. Looking back on it, the owner was so shaky around me almost like he knew there was more danger in the area than he was letting on and that he knew that we would be a target. This happened to me when I was a teenager. I think it was in the spring of 1998 when I was 14 years old. My boy scout troop went hiking in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. I grew up in a very small town in Tennessee, and the boys in my troop were people I'd known my entire life. We were all very close and knew each other very, very well, and trusted each other. We had been hiking for five days or so at this point, and it was pretty miserable. It rained every single day, and we were all exhausted and sore, and hungry. We were covered with blisters and anything else you can imagine. The adults realized we had bitten off a bit more than we could chew in trying to do a 60-mile trail, especially with the awful weather. So we changed course and had gotten off trail to spend the night in a drive-in campground, the kind of place with hookups for RVs and picnic tables and fire pits and such. There's also a central bathhouse with showers and toilets. It was in a very remote area, far from a town or any other house. There may have been a few other small groups there, but if there were, we never interacted with them or saw any of them. We were all filthy and wet and thus very excited about taking a hot shower. It was dark and we had finished dinner. A group of five of my friends, including myself and my friend Jeremy, who like everyone else in our group we had known since we were babies, headed up to the bathhouse which was maybe a quarter mile walk through the pitch dark woods up a worn down gravel walking trail. I stayed behind the cleanup and about 10 or 15 minutes later, I followed them by myself. I had a weak little flashlight, the old incandescent kind, pre-LED. I remember the woods were totally silent. When I got about halfway to the bathhouse, I could see the light from it off in the distance through the woods. I heard a noise from my left. 
I looked over and saw my friend Jeremy standing by an old-school manual water pump about 20 feet off the trail. The kind of pump where you raise and lower a handle to pump up water from a well. There was a strange light behind him. Like the moon had come out from behind the clouds. I was startled to see him there by himself in the woods off the trail. I asked him if he was already done with his shower. He seemed kind of, uh, sad. He said, Yeah, it's all yours. I said okay and didn't think much of it until I got to the bathhouse. When I walked in the door, my friends were all in there and I heard Jeremy talking in from the shower. All the blood drained out of my head and all the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I had to sit down before I passed out. My friends were freaked out and wanted to know what was wrong. I told them exactly what happened. They nervously made jokes about how I must have been smoking pot. This was long before any of us had experienced with any kind of mind-altering substances, but I could tell that they believed me. Like I said, we had known each other forever, and we knew that we wouldn't exaggerate or play a joke on each other like this, at least not to this extent. I was physically shaking. It was almost impossible for this to be a joke. We all waited together until everyone was finished showering and brushing teeth and whatnot. Then we all walked back together in total silence. When we got to the spot, whoever I had seen was gone without a trace. The water pump was there, though. No one had noticed it before because it was way off the trail and obviously not in use. We got back to our campsite and went to bed thoroughly freaked out. I remember not sleeping much that night. In all my years since then, I've never been able to figure out what happened. Was there a random teenage boy in the woods who looked just like my friend? This is unlikely. Did I hallucinate? Unlikely, but possible. Who's to say? I was in the Boy Scouts as a kid in the South Carolina Low Country. We'd go on campouts about once a month, and one of the campouts that we used to go to regularly belonged to a local man who owned some land way out in the country and let our troop use it for camping. The actual campsite was in a wooded area in the center of a big open field that was maybe 20 acres or so. The guy who owned the land wasn't a full-time farmer, so he had plowed the field but never really planted anything, and the dirt was kind of settled and scrubby, and grass had started to grow. I'm not really sure, I'm not a farmer, maybe there's a name for that or something. Anyway, the western edge of the field was a dirt road that eventually led to the highway. The northern edge was an old field that was planted with trees along enough to go where the trees were fully grown. And it was basically a forest. The southern part used to be a forest, but it was now in the process of being turned into farmland. The trees had all been torn down, but not removed quite yet, so it was just a wasteland of fallen tree trunks and roots. The eastern edge was a swamp, and there's some nasty stuff in swamps in South Carolina so we never really explored it too much. One night, after the post-dinner cleanup, everyone was kind of settling down for the night, so a few friends and I decided to go for a walk. There was a lone tree out in the field about halfway between the campsite and the western edge of the big field, so we walked out and sat under it. There was a full moon out, and the whole field was lit in this sort of luminescent type of glow, and we could see the edges of the field, but not into the forest, swamp, or whatever was beyond. It was creepy, but kind of cool. We hung out for a while, just kind of talking, and then we could see lights in our campsite across the field going out as people started to go to sleep. So, 
we decided to head back. We got up and start walking, and I heard one of my friends say, Who's that? We all turned to look and there's this guy standing perfectly still about 100 feet away from us. We could see his silhouette very well thanks to the full moon, but it was too dark to make out any details of his face. We hadn't seen anyone come from the campsite, but the guy looked like an adult, so we assumed one of the four adults who had been on the trip with us was out looking for us. My friend called out to him, and then this is where it gets really weird. Something that looked kind of like a wing slowly unfolded from this guy's head, and he remained entirely still. He let out this long, low growling and hooting sound, like imagine if a guy was trying to sound like a dog that was trying to imitate an owl. We all took off running towards the campsite as fast as we could and did not stop until we got there. I looked back out into the field to see if we were being followed, but it was empty. There was nothing in the field at all. We walked around the campsite trying to figure out which adult was messing with us, but they were all in their tents and nobody had left the campsite. Nobody believed us, of course. They just assumed we had been out telling scary stories and freaked ourselves out. But I know what I saw. No, actually, I don't know what I saw. But I know it was nothing that we had brought out there with us. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. Subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications so you never miss a new upload as I upload them multiple times a week in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, as stories like yours will help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick better stories in the future, and it's nice to see your reviews. If you also made it to the end, today's code word is Glitching Bigfoot. Be sure to comment down below using Glitching Bigfoot and something funny, and I will pin it in the top. Funniest comments always get pinned to the top. If you guys are on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. Be sure to join me over on Facebook, Twitter, or X, or whatever it's called these days, and all the other fun social medias, and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.